Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode, and I'm thrilled to have back with me Dan Zittig. Dan is the CEO at Galvanize. And Dan, first of all, welcome back. Outstanding. Thank you, Tom. Love, love being with you. Dan, today we're going to take up an area that, frankly, I don't think gets enough attention from the GRC professional, but Galvanized has emphasized its importance. And that was found in the 2021 State of GRC, Galvanize's annual GRC professional survey, What's Next for the Industry? And it found that fraud risk continues to be one of the top risks for a GRC professional. This comes on top of the most recent ACFE report on fraud, particularly during the pandemic. The ACFE noted a rise in fraud, probably not too surprising given the amount of government money that was pumped into economies across the world. But really, I wanted to focus and ask you to focus on what does this mean for the compliance professional in a public company? or a private company, and how do they think through this? So could I start with maybe asking you, what are some of the factors that Galvanize determined uh, led to the increase of fraud during the height of the pandemic? And now, as we move into the next phase, we're recording this in early July 2021. Yeah, well, I think there's so much change that happened during the pandemic that when there's that much motion or that much change in the system, I think there tends to be a lot of process reengineering that goes on, and in some cases, you know, internal controls and fraud risks aren't the top thing being considered as those processes change and while we adapt to a new world. And I think both the survey you mentioned that the Galvanize did, as well as the ACFE survey, both really emphasize that the move to everybody working from home creates a different kind of susceptibility to cyber fraud because of all the new attack vectors. The pandemic and the news and noise created around it created all kinds of new ways for clever social engineers to talk people into doing things they shouldn't be doing. So I think it's really that level of change and the rapid nature of change that created some vulnerabilities and risks to fraud that were more pronounced than prior to the pandemic. You know, Dan, I find your answer very interesting because I opened it with just a flood of cash into basically the world system And you really spoke about a much broader, I don't want to say strategic picture, but more holistic series of events, which you call change in the system. Certainly there was money in the system, but there was also dislocation in terms of working from home and other hybrid work environments, but also the, uh, as you called it, social engineering. And I was going to point to the increase in disruption to the supply chain, which caused many companies to go to new untested or even unvetted suppliers for a wide variety Mm -hmm. of COVID-related materials such as PPE or as alternative suppliers. And that really points me in a little bit different direction because your answer really shows why it's so important for the GRC professional to be aware of change, but more importantly, to be ready for change. Would that be a fair assessment as well? Certainly so. And I think looking at change and saying, you know, where is that going to shift the risk landscape? Does my process for monitoring risk or assessing risk, does it move fast enough to catch that? Because as you alluded to there, whether it it was change related to 
cyber and IT infrastructure, or as you mentioned, change related to the supply chain, or large amounts of money being injected from government funds or otherwise. And all of those, in all of those cases, I think we just over the course of the last two years got a very big lesson in how important it is that risk assessment and risk monitoring is agile and flexible and certainly sort of our traditional view of assessing fraud risk as a a one time a year risk assessment exercise just isn't adequate for the business environment that we've all been through the last two years. Dan, as you know, I visited with several business executives, including yourself, during the height of the pandemic. And one of the key themes throughout that podcast series was that change was speeding up exponentially, that some people said we had five years of change basically in 2020 and Q1 of 2021. But what I'm hearing now is, and maybe the in this part of the pandemic, we have to realize that change itself has sped up and that we will continue to see changes in the business environment, in the regulatory environment, in the reputational social justice areas, and the speed of it will be much greater than, I don't want to say in the distant past of 2019, but it seems like that now. Is that something that you and your team are seeing as well? Yeah, most certainly. I think the speed of change and the the sort of stickiness of change that we've seen is perhaps will be even more pronounced in a world after the pandemic than before. And I think that affects all areas that GRC professionals are, are focused on, like you alluded to there, social justice and impact on the environment. These are all coming becoming a much bigger part of the, the GRC professionals agenda. But to bring it back to fraud, I think the, again, that sort of shifting of oversight mechanisms, that shifting of where we need to be able to leverage our supply chain, the shifting of capital sources and how we allocate those, those are all changing at a, a much faster rate, I think, than they were January 1st of 2020, for sure. Well, then perhaps we could uh, move to some more tactical responses for the GRC professional. If I could start with, why is choosing the right technology to support anti-fraud programs so critical? I was going to say at this point in time, but I'm, I'm going to add down the road as well. Yeah, I think the reason for the importance is there's just too much work to be done by GRC professionals to be able to risk assess and shift controls and things like that fast enough to deal with all of that change using our traditional processes and and technology that was built for them. And what I mean by that is a lot of technology is effectively built around manually filling out forms and creating workflows between people to capture risk or assess risk or evaluate controls. And that is, you know, given everything that we just spoke about, Tom, is just far too slow moving. There's no organization I know of that has enough enough resources to be able to do all of that work manually anymore across so many risk areas that need to be addressed. And so when I think about technology, the real opportunity comes in creating automation primarily from data that is that's moving around the organization that where evidence of these change and and failed controls or changing risks manifest and technology can evaluate that very very quickly in fact in real time all the time as opposed to waiting for risk to surface through the manual collection of data and people filling out forms and in sort of legacy technology solutions well dan in addition to automation how can organizations leverage machine learning to help prevent fraud as well. 
depending on the type, the area of fraud being addressed, machine learning is an enormous opportunity and, and not just opportunity, in fact, being leveraged very successfully in many organizations to detect, deter, and, and assess fraud. And the reason it's so effective is a couple of things. First, it can look at a lot more data than what a human can look at and use it to infer things that we wouldn't otherwise be able to see. So for example, I just recently worked with a large organization that was assessing transactions for the likelihood that there had been a bribe in those transactions. Well, that had historically been done by a, a sample basis and doing manual review. Using machine learning, we're able to look at hundreds of fields of data about that transaction and say, based on all of this data and what's it happened in the past, can we predict why there might be fraud or illicit payments that have occurred or are likely to occur in the future? And being able to leverage that much more data to help identify what we might not have otherwise known to or thought to have, have looked at is really the power of, of machine learning. And that is becoming a capability that is more and more accessible and practical for organizations to use. What, what was a realm, you know, five years ago, largely left to data scientists and, and statistician experts are now very practical tools that can be used in, in many areas of fraud detection. Well, Dan, let me follow up with that by asking you, what tools does Galvanize have to assist the GRC professional in this fraud prevention or anti-fraud effort? Yeah, so Galvanize, we offer a fully integrated kind of full suite GRC platform called Highbond, and we have a product that we package and sell on that platform called Fraudbond. And what Fraudbond is intended to do is exactly that, be able to capture and identify risks, document and monitor controls that address those fraud risks and do both of those, the risk assessment and the control and identification monitoring in real time using both rule-based data analysis and automation, as well as machine learning and AI to automate and create sort of a team of robots, as it were, that can help monitor and, and enable and expand the, the breadth of a team of GRC team or, or fraud investigation team to be able to more swiftly identify and, and react. And then on the other side, investigate and, and resolve cases of fraud that have been identified. Well, Dan, the galvanized report certainly demonstrated the sensitivity of the GRC professional to this issue. But I wondered when you sit down with senior execs or even boards of directors, do they understand not only the risk, but the solution to that risk and that an AI and automation approach is something that the company should use at both the tactical level with the GRC professional and as a way to push the information up to senior executives on the more strategic level? Yeah, I'll, I'll start there with boards. I think that's a, a really good question, something that has best been relegated to perhaps some discussion in the audit committee historically. I think fraud is taking a bigger spotlight with boards and particularly with fraud's connection to a broader array of cyber risks. Cybersecurity has certainly become, alongside financial reporting, if not the number one area of interest of the audit committee, certainly, certainly the number two. I think with the combination of that focus on cybersecurity, as well as the outcome of very large frauds of 
every since think Wirecard and, and the like. It certainly is something that is high on the board's radar and something that the board is asking to say, you know, I don't think they necessarily know what the you know, what the the tactical solutions to that are, but are certainly learning, looking to be educated on here's how we're analyzing and monitoring these kinds of of risks. And here's kind of the level of assurance we feel we have and how good a job we're doing in, in doing so. So I'll take that down a level and say, as it's similar to the board, as interest in fraud has creeped beyond the audit committee into the board broadly, and interest in managing fraud risk has certainly begun to become an area of interest beyond sort of the chief auditor or the the CFO and more a concern of the broader organization. Certainly all parts of the management team that are working towards digital transformation and again the the elevated view of of cybersecurity, but also just the again the pace of change during the pandemic and some problems that, that organizations have faced, I think have brought the kind of that two-headed monster of cybersecurity and fraud, certainly to the interest of many CEOs. Then I'm always intrigued when I talk about GRC or I talk to GRC professionals about the G. And I wonder if the G, the governance part, really gets as much attention or play as the risk and compliance part. And I see a, a significant role for governance in anti-fraud risk. And I was wondering if that's something that resonates with you and your team at Galvanize. It does. You know, in the end, I like to think of most everything that we do and the programs we support in organizations as as part of a broader governance program, learning how, how to respond to a risk as severe as the pandemic or those that are like it, that are on the horizon, social justice and the environment and, and things of that nature, have really begun to push governance, I think, into the into the spotlight. Really what I see is that I think governance has often been thought of as something that the board does and that's it. I think governance is very much becoming a priority of the CEO and saying there should be an overarching governance strategy that dictates how we think about all of the other things you mentioned downstream, the risk, how we analyze risk, our compliance posture, where do we audit, all of those sorts of things. What used to be kind of tactical and disconnected programs I feel like are becoming more of a centralized governance strategy with the CEO and the projects that we're involved in certainly manifest that. I think I've seen more of the projects we've been involved in sponsored by the CEO in the past year, probably than in the five years prior to that combined. So Dan, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any more information on the topics we've discussed today or any of the galvanized solutions or frankly the wealth of material available on the galvanized website where can they go yes all of the information you described there is available on our website at wegalvanize.com wegalvanize.com and certainly feel free to reach out to myself as well on twitter or linkedin you can find me as dan zitting on either of those platforms Well, Dan, I really wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me again. I greatly enjoy our conversations, and I look forward to our next discussion. Likewise, Tom. Thanks so much, and thanks all for listening. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.